morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Coffees On Podcast, your new source for entertainment while you enjoy one of Earth's beautiful creations. Whether you're starting your day when the sun is up or down, we're here to help get you going. When the pandemic struck and forced us into quarantine, we didn't know when something as easy as grabbing a cup of joe with friends was going to be an option again. So, we made an adjustment. Instead of going out to coffee, we invited our friends to join us remotely. Now, we're extending that invite to you. So join our live stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 a.m. Central, on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, and be a part of our small but growing family. And if you can't catch the live stream, no worries, we got you covered. Catch up with what you missed from your new favorite source of caffeinated entertainment right here. I'm Marco Marquez. And I'm Armand Alessani. And this is Coffee's On with Marco and Armand. Armand, I got a Tell couple me. questions for you right off the bat. I told you I was going to have some questions for you. Mm-hmm. So I got, I, got, um, a good, I got a fun one for you. Okay. And I got and I got one and I got one that it's a tie-in. These two tie in with each other. So what was the what was the saddest you felt after an NCAA tournament game? And obviously we can go back to KU, but so yesterday was the nine year anniversary of Missouri losing to Norfolk State in the uh, opening round of the tournament. And I'm reminded each year of it because I had posted about it on Facebook. And so right after they had lost, I had took my troubles down to Hy-Vee and a bunch of, I remember the scene, a bunch of Missouri fans were in there. We were all mourning together at the Hy-Vee. People were buying just junk food from the freezer aisle. I had bought three (laughs) tubs. I had bought three tubs of ice cream that day because I was keen on making one of the, making just a big ice cream sundae to soak my sorrows into. So. There have been plenty of Missouri tournament losses where they have failed mm-hmm. to make to make it to the final four. They never made it to the final four in program history. So wow. There was the loss to UConn in the Elite Eight way back when with that 07 Missouri team. I still have their poster because I went and saw them in a exhibition game that year. And I still keep that poster because that's one of the best Missouri teams I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So that was a sad one. That that probably is a very close second, but the Norfolk State hurts more because once again, that was a number two Missouri team that had high hopes that year, and it utterly came to a close. Quickly came to a close when they lost to the 15 seed uh, Norfolk State, who's back in the tournament this year, playing in a play-in game. And if they win their game, they will go up against Gonzaga. And if they beat Gonzaga and Missouri beats Oklahoma, we have a rematch of that game nine years ago from yesterday so that i'm looking forward to hopefully that one coming i don't think i don't think they'll beat gonzaga if they win their playing game but that's who i'll be rooting for if that happens what about you what is the saddest tournament march madness moment for you well i mean sorry i was commenting on that so i had no to, no uh, go mute myself no, you but, are doing um, tournament bracket challenge stuff You're you know mine's work. mine's kind of you know the same way you know, the the upset that probably people would expect me to pick. It's that Northern Iowa um, KU game, 2010 NCAA tournament, second round. I think KU had lost maybe twice that season. 
three times one of their best teams. You know, you had Cole Aldrich, you had Sharon Collins, uh, the number one overall seed. Obama picked us to win it all. Um, so I thought uh, everything was in our was in our uh, in our arsenal. It was going to work our way. And then um, it's Persian New Year, and Northern Iowa shows up, and they have a half Persian guy named Ali Farokhmanish, and he drops. I don't know. All the threes he throws, it seemed like. Uh, let's look at his stats. But basically, that Northern Iowa team, no-name Northern Iowa team, uh, upsets us and loses their next game. So it wasn't an upset that was worth it. But, um, but you know, it... Uh, that that kind that that one really sucked. I think I was a little teary, um, but you know we were expecting to go all the way. Yeah. Uh, let's see, that was 2010. So Duke ended up winning, right? Beating Butler, um, while Butler was was. Do you remember? Was who, their... Do you remember who was side of the bracket? Butler or Duke was on? Where who was on KU's side? Um, maybe not. Do, no, that's such a long. Time I do ago. not know, but I don't think either of them were on KU's side. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, who was on KU's region is what I should say. Uh, I'm looking at the bracket right now. Uh, the team on KU side was Michigan State, a five seed. Well, who was who was who was in the final? Who who would if KU made it to the final four? Would they have been playing Duke or Butler? That's what I was wondering. They would have played Butler. Butler. So so possibly if they would have made one of those hypotheticals. Hypotheticals, yeah. But that's a big what if, you know. Because that was second round. They just didn't play well. Northern Iowa showed up that game. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Upsets happen. Of course. Uh, it, it's, it's sad to be on one end of one, but oh well. Do you remember a, Do you remember a time when an unexpected surprise just boosts your, like, happiness? Like, you know, we... We we don't ex- we don't we don't expect to receive anything, but when we do, it's kind it's a it's a pleasant surprise. And I asked that because right after that high V trip to the ice cream, get ice cream, I had gone down to the high V gas station, and I was still wearing my Missouri stuff. And I had I I was getting I wanted the largest soda I could get, so I got one of those sixty four ounce sodas. And the guy working the register, he let me have that and two snacks for free because I was the first Missouri fan to come in and. He showed empathy by letting me just have what I want. And I remember that just made my day after the loss. It's like, you know what? That's that's hope. That's like that. That's good. There's good people in Kansas who are nice to Missouri fans. They 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 empathize with us Uh-oh. because I think that had that came the year following uh KU's loss to Northern Iowa. So I remember when Northern Iowa when I think when Northern Iowa beating KU, the Missouri loss to Norfolk. And then KU or K State maybe had lost to Butler the fall the next year when Butler was making their second trip around or third trip at the tournament. Mm-hmm. But I just will always yeah. remember that right after that game. Yeah, you are breaking up a little, just to let you know. But uh, um, uh, just at times. But um, hey, yeah, I don't know if it's. I know. Of, I don't know of a time that. Uh, a specific time where I got surprised, but you know, it's, it's always good to get surprised. You know, you aren't expecting something good to happen. And, and for you, it was in a moment that it didn't seem like a lot of good was happening with MU losing, but then I don't know, you got a free candy bar and that may have gave you a minute of happiness or Some whatever. Chips. Yeah. So 
I mean, that's what it is. But um, I can't think of a specific time. All right. What about this? What's something you tried really hard to like, but you just couldn't? Mine's milk. I can't. I don't like white milk. I just can't drink it. Chocolate milk, I'm fine with. Milk, 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 though. I just can't have it. Not you know me. I eat my cereal dry, and it's just one of those things I've never came around on. Skim milk, I've had it once with cereal because, but that was after a night of going out to the bars. So like, the taste, you know, I was just hungry. Why and would you have milk after going to the bars? Listen, man, I didn't make the cereal. Someone had made the cereal for me. They had used skim milk. It was my first time trying skim milk. I didn't want to turn down the corn pops or corn puffs, whatever they're called. I just, I just went, I, it, you know, when you're, I don't, you ever been just so hungry when you're drunk or after a night out, you just, yeah, I eat, on a, whatever? eat a quesadilla or eat my leftover dinner. I don't eat skim milk, but no, well, it's cereal. There just happened to be skim milk in it. Listen, man, <laughs> it wasn't my apartment. <laughs> Oh, maybe that's a good thing to try. Skim milk and uh, uh, beer, you know? Maybe that's the mixture, the Marco mixture. Pour some when you're shotgunning. Pour it in the bottom. People do that, man. People put pickles in there. It's just people will come, I'm, just people will come up with so many different things to put in their uh, beer when they're shotgunning it. But what, what about you? Is there something that you've tried to like but just couldn't? Um, Taking shots. That's ah. something. <laughs> you got um, pretty good at that over the years, though. I don't know. I don't know if I have. The times I've got good is when no one looks. So, so take that with how you will. But, <laughs> um, I don't know. Repeat the question. You said something I've oh, something I've tried to like and I can't like. You know, when it comes to food, I don't know because there's a few special things that I feel like, um. Oh, my mom says cinnamon rolls. I think my mom's allergic to cinnamon, though. Like one of the mm. types of cinnamon. I don't know which one. Um, I uh, you there's not a lot of stuff when it comes to food that I don't like. Like it's weird things, like horseradish, relish. Um, when an eggplant, there's a Persian dish or some Persian dishes that eggplant they uh they cook it in a way that it gets mushy. If you know what Baba Ganoush is, something like that. I don't like yeah. that stuff. Lily's right, kamikaze shots. That's my thing. But um, but those are the foods that I don't like, the foods I don't like. So uh, I don't really go and try relish or horseradish. So I don't know if there's <laughs> something that, you know, that I don't like. Right. But I'm going to keep trying because there aren't too many foods that it comes that I don't like. Um. I'm trying to think of maybe something that's not food related. Hmm. I know, I know, I know you, I know you love your, I know you love the leftovers. If there's leftovers that's in the house, you make sure to let Armand know. Yes, yes. And, you know, maybe sometimes growing up, you know, those roommates may have forgotten that rule. But um, uh, my main thing is this, like I will eat it because it, right, it's basic food. It might be spaghetti, it might be taco meat. I can eat that. I will eat that. Um, and I'd rather eat that if it's going to go to waste. The mm. other day we had a pizza roll on the plate and I wasn't going to take it because I there were two left and I took one. So I knew the other was Terrell's. Didn't even think it. 15 minutes later, he's like, I'm throwing it away. That's all he had to tell me. He didn't have to say, no, 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 wait. He didn't have to say, uh, hey, do you want this? Because he knew I was going to say no. He said, I'm throwing it away. I'm like, what? He's like, do you want it? I'm like, if you're going to throw it away. So I took it so he doesn't waste it. 
You know, I'm like a garbage disposal. You shouldn't, <laughs> you don't waste things. You, you don't want it. Right. Then you come to me. Because you remember at the house, we had so much food that, uh, would just get expired and it oh, looked I, like I, good I rem- food. I, I remember that fridge. <laughs> Marco doesn't like uh, moldy stuff in the fridge, and that fridge was like <laughs> – that was that was moldy island. You've heard of Snake Island. That was moldy island. <laughs> mm-hmm. a, lot of gre- a lot of greenery in the in the fridge, and I ain't talking about vegetables. Yeah. You're, uh, Lily, <laughs> pulling a, pull a quote from way back when. <laughs> That's it, folks. If you want to – you got to start treating Armand like a garbage di- disposal when it comes to food. Because so that. like my dad, when, uh, when I was in high school, even, even early on in college and I'd come home, if, if he was, if he was off or if he was home, uh, and I sit in the kitchen, I sit on the counter, he just opens the fridge and says, you need to do some cleaning. And it's not the regular cleaning. You think that comes with cleaning. What he means <laughs> when he opens the fridge, you need to do some cleaning. They have leftovers. They have fruit. They have food. That's going to go bad that they need me. They need me to eat and take care of. <laughs> So kind of started like that, but um, yeah, before, you know, before there was Duke, Armand was Armand was the pet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feed the scraps to Armand. Yeah, yeah, Duke. You know, my mom feeds Duke everything, but uh, you know, you know, when it comes to with Lily though, right? Actually, she does finish her wings, but like there's sometimes I can't remember if I finished her wing for her before, but you know, sometimes people eat the wing. There's still meat left on it. Oh, yeah. When Arian was little, he'd eat ribs or steak. Or even wings, and there'd still be meat. Well, that's my brother. It's okay. I don't care. I don't think that's gross. So, you know, get some more protein. <laughs> get some more protein. <laughs> I like the salad story that you always talk about with Ari. And I think it's because he's too busy eating the salad. That's why he's not eating the meat. He's too yeah, no, Arian. So, right, we do the thing where usually we eat salad last. Well, Arian eats salad last because Arian... Uh, or at least growing up, didn't like his food touching. So, um, which a lot of people do, but me, I'm not picky. I, I mix all my food in the same plate. Just make it all one bite. Um, but um, Arian didn't like it touching, so he'd eat the main food, and then no one has touched the salad. So then what he does, you know, in a way of being, being nice, what you need to do is you ask, you know, if everyone wants salad. But no one has touched the salad. So, yeah, so do you want salad? Do you want salad? The reason he's asking is because he's about to eat out of the salad bowl. Yeah. Because he would used to get another plate. And I would tell him, why are you getting another plate? You're wasting dishes. Then he's eating out of the bowl. I'm like, why are you eating the bowl? He's like, I don't want to waste a dish. Okay, so I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, basically, before that, before he goes ham, I just take about half the salad or what mm. I would do. So, then at least I can have some salad my first and seconds. And then he can go finish the salad. But at least with my mom, my mom would sometimes make two salads because Ariane doesn't like tomatoes. So make yeah. one for Ariane and then one for me and everyone else. But I don't care to me, you know. It'd be like that sometimes. It'd I'll be like that it. sometimes. Uh, before we get on to Rajat's five questions of the day, Ariane even hopping in on that. It's Raj and Ariane's five questions. Uh you know, NASCAR, the names are always changing when it comes to the races and the spring cup stuff. The Kansas Speedway just released uh, what their NASCAR Cup Series race at the Kansas Speedway is going to be on May the 2nd. Armand, what do you think of this? Coming on May 2nd at the Kansas Speedway, it is the Bushy McBush Race 400 brought to you by 
Can you guess who the sponsor is? Bush Beans? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it is Bush. It is something. It's Bush Light. George actually. Bush. Not George Bush. That would be something in Texas, I would think. But no, it's it's, it's the Bush Light. It's the Bushy McBush 400 at the Kansas Speedway on May 2nd. May no. 2nd, Bushy McBush? Presented by Bush Light at the Kansas Speedway. I just saw that on Twitter right now. It's very interesting. Names are always changing uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series races, but um, you know we love talking about our home, our home city, uh, Kansas City. So that's what that's what we'll be hosting on May second. The Bushy McBush at the Kansas Speedway, um, presented by Bush Light. That's pretty funny. Raj, first question wants to know. Our thoughts on the Chiefs' free agency moves. We talked about already last week, of course, with the with the cut of Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, the two starting tackles, not coming back um, for the 2021 season. Of course, Mitchell Schwartz had his back injuries that we never figured out what was what exactly had happened. It was kind of a mystery throughout the season. Turns out he got he had po- come, comes at the end of comes in the off season. He posts having back surgery. Eric for Eric Fisher, we know about him. Uh, tearing his Achilles in the AFC championship game, not being able to play in the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs immediately on day two of the free agency, or excuse me, day one, it was Monday, addressed addressed their needs at the offensive line with the signing of Joe Thune. Make sure I got that right. Joe Thune, former Patriot, hasn't missed a game, played played every single snap when he started, uh, the last four seasons in New England, they're paying him $80 million, four years, $80 million. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs bringing in former Patriot, former North Carolina State uh, at the left guard position? Do you think they gave him too much money? Do you think that, it, you know what, spend the money on the line and let's focus on other needs when it comes to draft? How do you feel about this move from Brett Veach? Do we still trust in him? I mean, short answer, obviously, first of all, are we still trusting him? Yes, that's going to be thrown out. I don't need to expand on that. Second, um, short answer, good move. You want the long answer. They did pay $80 million. How are they getting that $80 million? Maybe they got money trees. Who knows? But if you look at the breakdown of the contract, it's a five-year contract, four-year contract. I, think five, I said four-year, but I think it's five. Well, the first year on salary, he's making less than $1 million. His signing bonus was, I don't know something teen million. I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact amount, but the way they constructed it is that first year is a six figure salary. So first of all, they're mathematicians, they're accountants. I don't know if they file for taxes at the chiefs, but they do <laughs> things that I don't think, I don't know. I don't know who, what they know, who they know, but, but there are, there are teams. So, so we got to clap for them. I think when it comes to Thumi, Thum, whatever, Joe, big Joe, we'll call him. Uh, I think uh, Big Joe. Of course, of course, it's a good signing. What did we say? What have we said all season? What have mm-hmm. we said since Super Bowl? What have we said for draft? We need offensive line. Um, that is an offensive line. That's a two-time Super Bowl winning champion. Someone who protected the best. I always say that when you look at Brady, Rogers, Favre, Rogers, Favre, Brady, Manning, those teams always had good offensive linemen. Even those Patriots, even before that era, before Thumi came, because I think he came in 2010, 2011, um, before he came, that era had those guys, big beards, big bellies, 
always there, always did their job and did it well. Um, if And those four quarterbacks I named, those are known as the four greatest of all time. Some mm -hmm. of the four greatest of all time. And that's only based on my knowledge. We have someone who people want to consider the greatest of all time or will be hopefully soon. Um, that's what they want to consider. You got to do something and that's protect. And we talk about that all the time. Protect your investment. Don't just spend money. Uh, invest in it. So yes. he spent $80 million. He listened to me and said, okay, Armand, you want me to invest? I will invest $80 million. That's not what I thought, but. But you know what? If 80 million is going to buy us at least, you know, 20% protection, right? <laughs> I'm using basic probability, but one out of five offensive linemen, right? And yep. then you bring back LDT, you have uh, Niang, right? Then you got three people who Chiefs fans really like. And, and it would be a perfect world if you had five really good offensive linemen. But three so far is pretty good for me. You go to the draft, you draft one, maybe you draft two. Um, so it seems like that just fits in the mold of, how, what was the, where were we now? Where were we two weeks ago? Where did we want to be? Have a good offensive line. Let's say that's the goal. And Veach is saying, I will do everything I can to reach us to that goal. And this Thumi signing obviously reaches us to that goal. So that's a long way of saying, regardless of the money, still a good signing. Yeah. Uh, so breakdown of the contract. You're right. It's five year, not four year. Three years uh, with the potential out in 2024. It's $48 million guaranteed. Base salary is $990,000 with that $3.4 million coming in signing bonus. He's only going to be a $4.5 million cap hit this year for the Chiefs. Now, next year, it's going to be quadrupled, um, and it's gonna, he's going to be making $17.8 million. But, you know, with TV deals and in a, in a, in a year where hopefully NFL, the NFL season can get back to some of its normal revenue, the cheap, the cap, the cap space for next year will rise. And my quick thoughts on it is, I people were thinking, people were asking, people, Twitter was quick to judge and say, why are we, why are the Chiefs signing an interior lineman? Why, why, why not address the outside needs? You know, because we talked about the tackle position is very important, especially the left, left tackle, the left tackle. Blindside taught us that from the first five minutes of the movie. But do you remember if we go back and watch the Super Bowl, where was the pressure coming from for the Chiefs? Where were the Buccaneers attacking? Where was the Buccaneers defense getting at Patrick Mahomes the most? Wherever was, Mahomes was. Well, yes, but it was through the interior. Mm -hmm. It was the interior line. Mm -hmm. And that right there, we can trust Mahomes to use his legs mm -hmm. to – get to the outside we've seen we saw we saw it plenty of times last year where he had to use his legs to scramble for a first down using the outside it all matters about up the middle because what is one thing we wish Patrick Mahomes did more of and that's step up into the pocket that's where we've seen him shine as a quarterback on plays you can go back and look at his film from the first AFC championship against New England some of his best throws came from when he stepped up into the pocket when you have a young quarterback, I, and this is where I feel like the Chief, that's why the Chiefs addressed the middle of their offensive line first is because that's where the pressure was coming from in the big game. And so that's why I like them going out and getting someone like a Joe Thune, who now, if you address the need of your left tackle in the draft, you're going to be getting, let's say they get a first round, let's say they get a first round Tevin Jenkins. He's going to be learning from one of the best linemen in the NFL. 
right next to him because Lucas Niang, I feel like is going to be on your right side next to the doctor because that's where his natural, that's where mm-hmm. he played most of his college snaps. Assuming the, the doctor, I know the doctor said he's coming, but I'm just, yes. you know what? He is 30. What is he? 29, 31 again. Okay. But yeah, that's a, that's the thing. It was a good signing. I think we, we do agree on that. We expanded on it. Um, of course, nothing in this world can be perfect. So there are a few little, you know, gimmicks in that, in that signing, whether it's did we spend a little too much money or was it the exact positional need, people will argue on both things. Right. Uh, but in the end, I'm a big believer in offensive line. I I would assume that they can play at least two positions uh, well, of those five. So this is where the fun fact comes in. All right. So Joe Thune, like I said, he played at North Carolina State. He was the left tackle there um, in college. Guess what grade PFF had gave him going into the draft before his rookie season? Well, great. He was I the best. Know when he was picked in the draft, uh, he was picked in the third round by mm. the New England Patriots in 2016. Mm. Armand, he was graded the best tackle coming out of college by Pro Football Focus. In what year? 2016. Oh, 2016. He's only played eight professional snaps at the tackle position, which. It's fine, but so wow. he hasn't played. He hasn't really played at the tackle position since college. Wow! But that right there tells me once again, Reed found another. Reed and Beach found another lineman who could be interchangeable at the guard. Which is why they paid him eighty million. Exactly. Exactly. Um, before we move on to our next question, it is Happy St. Patrick's Day. Grandma Grandma Jan is showing up into the group chat. Happy St. Patrick's Day. That's one thing we have to tell our podcast listeners for when this goes up on the podcast. We do a live stream with a live audience coming in with the comments. So everything that we take poll questions from is from our live comment section. Um, but yes, it is a happy St. Patrick's Day. I am not wearing any green right now. So Armand, if you came in and pitched me and pinched me, uh, I can't do anything because that's my fault. You know, that this morning, this morning I drove uh, Terrell to work. Big St. Patrick's fan. Um <laughs> But the only green I had was like one line of green that's on my shoes. So, and I'm on Excel right now, and that's green. So I'm kind of, you know. Well, look, look at the headset. You got some green on the headset too. Oh yeah! My favorite thing back in the day was just tell people I'm wearing green underwear. So you can't, you can't give me. Or I'd wear the. Yeah, but then what happens when you tell someone that they're like, "Show me." Then what do you do? You either show them your underwear. Your underwear is not green. That's a lose lose. I'd be like, weirdo, get away from me. (laughs) That's what I say to them. Um, do you, did you ever go to the St. Patrick's day parades? Was that ever, um... I never did, but my mom's over here in my ear telling me how St. Patrick's day is one of her favorite holidays going out to the bars. So fun going out to Westport. Like, I don't, I never really, I never really went. Well, I'm no, I, I remember, uh, remember when uh, our friend, our roommate, Ethan was trying to get us all to go to Chicago for St. Patrick's day. Cause you know how they do it in Chicago on these days. It's like big. Same, it's like a big uh bar crawl out there you can do. They even mm-hmm. color the was it the the Hudson? Is that the is that the Hudson in Chicago? I don't even know. I don't know what river. I don't know if it is the Hudson, but <laughs> well, they color it green. They they color the river green, yeah. Um but yeah, so I I I we I think the Hudson's we, in New York. Yeah, the Hudson's probably in New York. I don't know, man. I'm in I'm stuck in Kansas. I haven't been to any of those, uh only been to New York, but I didn't I'm sure see Raj is gonna tell us, but but uh, so anyway, I, I was in the St. Patrick's Day uh, one year. Um, I can't remember. I think it was the um, 
the Guadalupe float. My cousin, my cousin, it was a big deal for our family uh, to go each year um, to go and see the parade with our cousins. And in one year we got to be in it. My mom always likes to tell me that uh, I was baptized by, because uh, I'm Catholic, so I was baptized by an, by, um, an Irish priest. He, in mm-hmm. fact, would walk, he would dress up with like a leprechaun with the hat every, every year and walk in the parade. Oh. Um, but it's just good times, good memories. I haven't been in a long time, but I just remember, I just, whenever I think of St. Patrick's Day, it's always the parade as a kid because we used to go all the time um, to those. But now Chiefs fans are treating it. Now it's another day just to celebrate Patrick Mahomes. If you go and look on Twitter, the Chiefs already um, posting Happy St. Patrick's Day and tagging Patrick Mahomes in it. So it's just now now in the area in Kansas City, it's become Patrick Mahomes Day, um, which is fine. You can like, Who's the most famous day. Patrick in the area? Like, what's a famous Patrick in the area? Exactly. I don't uh... – there were a few Patrick's who went to my high school, but I don't know if anyone's too famous. I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is Irish. But what I do know is, is the Chiefs are getting him some offensive line players. And there's still some key free agents out there on the market. And Arian addressed that with, should the Chiefs get Riley Reef, who was just cut from the Minnesota Vikings this year. He was the best Minnesota Vikings offensive lineman uh, this previous season. Or should they go get Recently cut former chief Rodney Hudson since they'd skipped out on signing Damian Williams. Oh, and Lily, Lily filling in. It's just called the Chicago river. <laughs> um, Very creative Chicago. Arian, the group name is coffee's on C O F F E apostrophe S space on. Space. I put in the compa- com comments. Was that a hard was that a hard like group? I didn't know. I couldn't find a link. I don't know how to find a freaking link. Did they but, give you a link? No, they didn't give me a link. No. But anyway, so Rodney Hudson and Riley Reeves, two key offensive linemen still on the market. How would you feel if the Chiefs went out and signed another offensive lineman rather than a skill player that's still available on the open market? How would I feel if they signed while I – let's see. You said, how would I feel? I don't know. How would you if feel? The Chiefs went out and spent big – okay, how would I feel? I would like it, actually. I would like if they went out and got another experienced offensive lineman. Trent Williams already just signed with the 49ers. He's now the highest-paid offensive lineman in the league. That's great. That's awesome. Go get your money and get your bag. The Chiefs, be smart spenders here. Be smart spenders here. I think it's with someone – I went away. There you are. There you are. Let's go back. What did Marco say? When someone. With someone like Patrick Mahomes. That was you. That was you. You're funny. (laughs) Uh, With someone like Patrick Mahomes, you want to put experienced linemen around him. And I think if you. And once again, the NFL draft this year, top three positions, one of them is the offensive line. There's there's, There's so much debt and so much talent at that position going into the draft. I think it's important for the chiefs to go out. If they can spend the money on Rodney Hudson, get your center. Now get him now. And when you go into the draft, that way your offensive line is four fits already done. Cause what we say, we already got Lucas Niang, you got the doctor, 
Now you got Rodney Hudson in the middle and Joe Thune at the left guard. Now you're just worried about a left tackle. But I feel like that interior right there is settled. In the draft, I think that's where you go. It gives it gives the Chiefs if they if they sign another off, a key offensive lineman, it gives them the opportunity to go and address your defense, especially the linebacker and defensive line position. Now they re-signed Taco Charlton last week, or excuse me, not last week, yesterday, and I think that was a good signing. That was one re, that was one defensive player that I wanted them to retain if they were going to get one if they were going to get one of their free agents back. Uh, they let Passanio walk to know Passanio, former second round pick. I'm fine with that. After this season, seeing him, how he performed on the defensive line, he was more of a special teams guy. But if you go out and you get another offensive lineman, then you're able to address your defense first. Mm. And you can still build depth and get your left tackle in the second or third round. Now, they got two fourth round picks with a compensatory pick coming in. I just think that that puts them in such a better position come draft time and more if they got their offensive line figured out first. And once again, just putting experience around there, putting experience. People were saying yesterday, if the Chiefs were to get Rodney Hudson and Trent Williams, which I think wasn't going to happen because of money purposes, no one was going to get after Patrick Mahomes. If you get your interior line set, especially with Rodney Hudson at the center, who I wish the Chiefs would have re-signed back when he, before he became a free agent, and people were mocking, were criticizing the Raiders for let it, even letting him go. He was only going to be a $2 million cap hit on the Raiders' salary this year. If you can get a contract like that where he can get a, get a low cap hit, something around that numbers, do it. Do it. Get an, experience, get an experienced center who has started every single, started every single game but one for, since 2016. Mm-hmm. He's only missed one game since 2016. I'm trying to figure out how old he is. Ooh. 31 years old. You can get him on a if you can if you can get him. Why not? He was a second. He was a former second round pick for Kansas City back in the 2011 draft. I would love to see Rodney Hudson back before uh, before they go out and get an offensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the big thing is going to be. This is an arm on answer to your question. Yeah, that's fine. Um, addressing need versus affordability. So, you know, you just spent $80 million on your offensive line. And uh, the people aren't always right. But let's say the people, the people were thinking that after you spent that much money on Mahomes, you're not going to have a lot of money to spend on other things. Well, mm-hmm. then you spend $80 million on offensive line. So then the people are going to be thinking, if you didn't have a lot of money, but you found 80 million, how much more money do you have? You, we, the people think you have zero. So if the people are correct and they have little money, then they got to look, okay, what's the need we need? Marco says we need at least one more uh, starter on the offensive line. Well, should we go get free agency? Should we spend X amount? And I want to know how much X is going to be. How much is it going to be to bring back Hudson, right? How much mm-hmm. is it going to be to bring back, uh, you said, the Minnesota guy? Or to bring, sorry, the Minnesota guy. Riley Reef. Yeah, Riley Reef. It's hopefully not going to be, you know, I saw that smile. It's not going to be $80 million, right? No. It's, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, what I'm saying is, or at least what I'm trying to say is um, you can't be, you already spent a lot on an offensive lineman. So 
you're assuming that you can't spend a medium amount on offensive linemen unless it's going to be maybe a two two year deal. So will that lineman, those two people you mentioned, will they want to take whatever money the Chiefs are going to give them if it's a small amount? That's that's kind of my my kind of two cents. Your two cents. <laughs> and then and and then if you think if you think about you know the other needs, what I would ask is okay, what are the other needs? And can't why can't you get it in the draft? And if you answer that, then you go free agency, you see how much money you have, you spend it on that. Boom. I mean, I think maybe I really explained how the free agency works in a simple I mean, I think I just explained what everyone already knows, but um the cap space is a facade. I think I said that right. It's a it's a it, it's facade. Facade? It's facade. Yeah. I'm See, sure. I used to say facade, and then people said, no, it's facade. And I was like, oh, I, and now you're telling me it's facade. facade? It's facade. 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 Marco, when facade. I tell you something, when I tell you something, don't be going to other people and tell, tell them the wrong thing. This is going to oh, no, be, this... this is going to be, what is it called? This is going to be uh, the relegation all over again. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, relegation, regulation, exhibition, exhibition. Arian says possibly. Uh, oh, go ahead now. No, 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 I was just gonna keep my jokes. What are you gonna say? You go. No, what no, does no, that? No. Arian needs entertainment. He's in the car right now, uh, driving with some through. friends, driving, driving to driving to Colorado. <laughs> oh yeah, he's going skiing. <laughs> yeah, or snowboarding. I don't know what he's doing. Well, that's that is one way to spend a uh, Persian New Year. I guess. Yeah. Well, my senior spring break, I went skiing. So. Was your senior spring break uh, around the Persian New Year also? It wasn't. I think I came back the day of or day before. Mm. And Arians come back the day after or something around then. So, Have you ever missed the Persian New Year with your family? Oh, yeah, yeah I have. Uh, when we went to – when we visited Marty in, um, in uh, Plano for spring break a few years ago. I think that was Persian New Year because that was one of the most fun days I've had. We <laughs> hung out with his friends. We hung out with Ethan's older brother, uh, Drew, and um, it was just a good time. Wow, Raj remembers. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. We got some UEFA soccer today, or UEFA Champions, Champions yeah. the champions. And we can watch it now. We can watch it now, thanks to Paramount+. Plus. You got there any you go, picks, Raj? You got any? There's a good. I want that Chelsea Atletico Madrid game is going to be good. That's a good one to watch. Yes. Uh, so we got Bayern Munich versus Lazio today. They're going to finish up their uh, game. Bayern's up four to one aggregate, and then Chelsea and Atletico they'll be playing at the same time on the Paramount Plus network. Uh, Chelsea and Atletico Madrid. Armand. Do you guys have any thoughts on the two games going on today? Bayern Munich, I think, is going to close it out. Chelsea and Atletico Madrid, I have no idea, honestly. You know, I, I don't know too much. Think about, um, uh, first off, Bayern, I don't think, I don't think you know, that's going to be anything to even keep your eye on. They're up 4-1, and that was away, so I think they're home now. Uh, so uh, Lazio would need to win, what, 4-0? Mm-hmm. Or win by three but score five goals. Are yes. you going to score five goals and win by three to Bayern Munich? See, people forget about how 
dominant Bayern Munich has been in the last as long as Barcelona, Real Madrid, right? Liverpool, uh, who else? Chelsea. Yep. Uh, who, Man Juventus, Man City. Bayern's been there the whole time. They were like maybe they haven't won all the Champions League, but they've been there the whole time. You look at the years that you know Spain was dominating, England was dominating, and the years where they weren't dominating, who won? It was Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich cleans up when no one else can win, but they're always really, really good. It seems like they never get worse. They had these old players four years ago. You thought they'd get worse. Nope. They brought new guys. They said North America has some soccer. We're going to look at some of their guys. Now the Canadian uh, back that they have. I don't know, left or right back. Alfonso Davies, I think his name is. He, he's he's very good. Can I don't know the last time Canada has had a top uh, men's soccer player because I think Sinclair, is that her name? On the women's side, I think she owns the... She owns. She scores a lot of goals. I'll say. I think she owns the record for um, something with most goals on the international stage. But at least on the men's side for Canada, I don't know anything when, if they've been to a World Cup. So now Bayern goes yeah. gets one of their guys. They have an American guy. Sorry, I got too obsessed with. No, Bayern. no, Christine Saint Clair was is her name. Okay, I don't think. Um, uh, but I don't think that's going to be a match for Bayern. Bayern Lazio because they need to lose by that amount. They need to lose by either four or lose by three and get scored on at least five times. Um, the other thing is a uh, Chelsea Atletico Madrid. Raj is saying, you know, Lazio takes a fat L. I agree. Says Chelsea goes the extra time. Uh, Chelsea's got that new manager, a guy who came from PSG after let they let go of uh, Lampard. Mm -hmm. um, their old guy, their old player, Frank. But uh, they only won one nil. Is Atletico Madrid um, on top of their league, Raj? I think they are. Yes, yeah, I'm they looking are right top now. La Liga. They're winning by four points against. Uh, they're four points above Barcelona, and uh, and Barcelona's two above Real Madrid, um, and they all have 27 games. They're playing pretty well. Um, uh, they got Luis Suarez, uh, and he's doing really well this year. They lost one nil. They're going to be away. I don't know. I think that's going to be the match to watch because it was one nail. So that means Atletico needs to, uh, I think they are away this game. So yes. um, Atletico needs to win by two or win 2-1, 3-2, 4-3, 5-4. Either win two nail, you score two goals and you win, you whoop. You just get to two goals and then win the game. That's you got two. Those are their two goals for the game is to score two goals and win the game. Boom. If you want, if you want every possible scenario that can happen, you go to Armand. Stop. Yeah, maybe. He puts, maybe. puts it all into expel seat. Um, quick question. You know who you already said uh the women's soccer player with the most career goals on the international stage. Do you know who the men's soccer player is? Do I know who the men's is? Do I know who the men's is? Let me say who it's not. The men's leader in international goals. Is not. So, so first of all, the women's. The leader Sinclair. Yep, Christine. Then I believe Sinclair. it goes, what's her face? Wambach, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's Mia Hamm? Uh, I'm not looking at the list right oh, now. Okay. I didn't pull that one up. Okay. I just Well, um, so you said the men's. Who is it not? Uh, Raj, you can guess but I don't think you're going to be fast enough because it's not Ronaldo. 
He'll get it one day, though. He'll he'll be he's quick. He'll he'll get there. I think he's down by nine. Not Messi, not Maradona, not Pele, not who? Who's the greatest soccer player of all time? Not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. Who scored the most goals in men's international soccer? A man, a former Bayern Munich player by the name of Ali Dai, who represented Iran, took him to a World Cup, maybe two World Cups. Uh, but my dad says something about Iranian players. They're lazy. So, you know, they go to Bayern Munich because him and there was a guy at the time, Ali Karimi. He also went to Bayern Munich. Mm -hmm. They got the two Ali's. Last name Ali and first name Ali. Easiest name for people to say. Uh, they got them. And uh, I don't think they really played much at Bayern Munich. They went to the best team, one of the best teams. They didn't do much, you know, sold some jerseys. You know, everyone knows my dad. When I was telling my dad about some Champions League games yesterday, uh, or actually a couple, few weeks ago, when I mentioned Gladback, but I couldn't pronounce their name, my dad corrected me. I'm thinking, how does he know this team's name? They probably watched a lot of German soccer. Was it because of these guys? I don't know. Was it because of other things? I don't know. But um, yeah, he has the most international goals, an Iranian guy. Ronaldo will get it one day. That's probably a better name to have as the as the leader but that's a that's a true trivia fun fact um it is it really don't is. know that and my dad would say that it's going to be hard for people to break that record because iran would play against some of these islands some of these teams where they just be crushing them i mean was that on iran or was that on the other team just being bad i don't know but they were just no mercy just crushing them so um of course someone who's argued as the greatest goal scorer of all time, he might break that record. So that does make sense. But for now, and it was since, how long I don't has know the record he... been, how long is, uh, how long has he held the record though at the top? Um, Cause it's been a while. I don't know how long it's been, maybe 15 years because, because he, uh, he stopped playing for Iran in 2006. So, uh, he has 109 goals. Um, I don't know. I don't know when he broke the record. Oh, uh, he broke the record in 2004. So, you know, it's been going on for a while. It will probably not hit 20 years. My, Because I think Ronaldo had, probably has 100. Mm -hmm. And Adli Dai has 109. Um you know, he's, yeah, they went to the World Cup. They went to, I think he went to a couple World Cups. They didn't do anything in 2006. They lost to Mexico. They were in Portugal's group. There was a young guy by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo in that group. And I think Angola who? was in that group. Yeah, who? No, no. You want to hear about Ronaldo, that 06 World Cup? See, people don't have the few World Cup ago memories that I have. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo, Portugal was booing him. And I never understood that as a young kid. This is your young star who who didn't kick a penalty kick um, in that uh, semifinal game. I believe it, it maybe did go to uh, penalty kicks. You're going to have to fact check me on that. But they played against France um, in the World Cup semifinals because he took them to a fourth place finish. They were booing him. And it felt like Portugal wasn't respecting their new star. Right. Uh, and that that's just an interesting thing. He was a young kid. I think that was before he went to manchester united yes and a fun fact about portugal they were coming off runner-up finish in the euro 2004 
You know who they lost to in the year round 2004? Bayern Munich? No, no, no. They lost to a country. Oh, country. Sorry. Uh, Portugal, they lost to... Uh... A top team by the name of Greece. Oh, My dad man. tells me this. Greece played defensive the whole game. Scores one goal. They win one nil. I think they may have been at home, too. Uh, Greece won the Euro. Greece isn't a dominating uh, soccer football team. So Portugal went there, then goes to World Cup, and obviously they won Euro in 2016. But, um, you know. Some more trivia questions. You know, you now know who the two leading goal scorers all time. In on the men's both, side. On Well, no, in the women's side, too. You got Christine yeah. St. Clair, too, who actually has more goals than the men's record by yeah. – 40-something, and then now you know who won the 2004 Euros over Portugal. Yeah, Greece. <laughs> like, Greece. I love that. That sounds like what that sounds like what Byron's game plan is going to be, just all defense, um, no offense. Who do you yeah. have Who do you have winning your NCAA tournament? I have two brackets so far. First one had to do Gonzaga, you know? Right. Gonzaga is that team that is every year. Everyone thinks they're going to win. The only way they don't win is if they don't win. I think I just cracked a code. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard to beat them. When you haven't beat a team, when the team hasn't lost, and they look really good while they haven't lost, and they beat good teams, and they've crushed other teams, how do you beat them? When they have three top players, mm-hmm. And then some. They got a coach who, who's been thirsty for a ring at a school that, who knows, what do we call them a few months ago? I texted you, are these new bloods? Yeah, yeah, the new, new bloods. Blood, you know, he wants to be a new blood, but you said something. The thing about the blue bloods is they dominated, you know, decade in, decade out. Yes. They, whether, like, they, whether they did win a title or not. They still were dominating, and we've seen how they've controlled a conference or a region. Or it's a been the first time in over 30 years that Duke and Kentucky both haven't made it to the national tournament. I don't know what it record. I don't know what it would have been if KU wouldn't have made it. Uh, well, KU hasn't made it since '89, and that was because of a uh, a ban. Right, 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 right. Um, that was Larry Brown, right, Coach Brown. Uh, Brown left after '88, so that and was then- actually that was actually Mr. Roy Williams. Who was caught with the with the scandal? Well, the scandal. This is what I heard. I never looked into it. Uh, apparently, it was my uncle told me this. I don't know how true it is. Um, but Which it was uncle? some. Uh, it was Uncle Hadi who told me this. The one who gave Hadi! us the coffee, by the way. We never re- reported on this coffee. I know you might be. A few weeks ago, okay. I don't know what she's saying. Um, but he told me it was because a player needed a jacket. So the coach goes, buys a jacket, gives it to the player, and he gets in trouble. Yeah. I think I heard it was something along the lines of, honestly, the coach was helping the player with something, mm-hmm. but they banned them. So it wasn't really scandal per se. But, uh, but yeah, that was they missed 89. That was the last time they missed. Um, the national tournament. Mm-hmm, the NCAA, national, the NCAA yeah, men's basketball tournament. But, Yeah. So yeah, that's why that's what. But yeah, going back to the conversation about Gonzaga, yeah, you got to you got you got to until someone beats Gonzaga and proves that they can beat Gonzaga until that team loses, then 
I have no idea what I'm saying anymore. I just lost my. Thought. I don't even have any because Lily just threw out Mark Few. What? I think something what? happened with Mark Few a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lily's funny. Yeah. She's learning from me. Um, what was I? Oh. Some, well, some about Gonzaga's coach, Mark Few. I, I, yeah, I don't know if he yeah. got caught with a scandal a few weeks ago. No, he didn't. I think. You remember I texted you once, Mark Few losses. That's his name. Um, but, uh, okay, who do you have winning? And I'm going to do a counter. If you're going to say Gonzaga, my next question is, who do you have winning if it's not Gonzaga? Okay. Well, I haven't filled out a bracket yet because I haven't taken time. Yeah, all you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got till Friday to do one. You know what? That's what's so great about the tournament this year. Thank you, COVID, for pushing it back towards the weekend when people can actually, like, watch it. Instead of, you know, going back to the old school days back in school where they had to bring the TV out or they put it up on the smart board. You'd be missing games while in class in high school, in grade school, middle school. Uh, I there's really some like great memories. There's some great memories of watching games in school, college, high school. Exactly. Exactly. My my favorite right now to win is Illinois. I like Illinois okay. winning it. I think they have. I think they were put into the easiest part, easiest region because mm-hmm. um, they're they're. I think the toughest matchup that they're going to have is against Kate Cunningham and Oklahoma State. I when think they you said Kate Cunningham, when they play what? Uh, I'll talk for him. You know, Armand. I think Kansas is going to have. Uh, Did Kansas I lose again? Gonna... I'm right here. Oh, okay. I'm right yeah, here. You, you lost again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Illinois. Illinois is going to win. So uh, you were saying Illinois versus Kansas in the title game? No, it's going to be Illinois oh. versus Gonzaga. But um, I like Illinois. I'll, I'll take Illinois to beat Gonzaga in a national championship. Because like I said, their toughest matchup in their region will probably be against Oklahoma State and Kate Cunningham. And that will be a sweet 16 game because I'm looking at the bottom half of their region. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see a team – like Syracuse, the 11 seed, they could pull it out and come and make it to the Elite Eight against Illinois because the Midwest region is just just built up with some teams that had a bad finish to their season, teams who started off bad. I just don't have a lot of confidence in. Like Oregon State, Georgia Tech, yeah, they won their conference, t- their conference championships respectfully, but I just don't know if those teams will do match up against an Oklahoma State team, an Illinois team. Uh, West Virginia, we saw... Uh, them kind of they we saw them choke against Oklahoma State um in the Big 12 tournament. I don't know how much how confident I am about this West Virginia team making it to the final four. It's just one it, that right there, Illinois will have the easiest trip, but I think they also will beat um Gonzaga. That's who I like in this tournament. Um if I had to pick a big upset one or a team that uh who's prob- who, who's a team outside the top, I don't know. Outside the top four uh, that you think could make the final four. Outside the top four seed. Alabama. Okay. You got me on the Alabama hype train. Okay. Well, they, they are a two seed, but. Oh, you said um, top four teams. I yeah, because you said, oh, you said butts upset, butts set. You said upset, uh, so I'm thinking. Um, let's see. Missouri. <laughs> no. Okay, because you said that, I was holding, but now I need the permission to make fun of you because I got a little bit of a maybe a, UConn or Colorado, yeah, a surprise team. Uh, Sarah, but uh, well, the the last as an eleven as a high seed. The last seven years, 
there's been a team outside the top four seeds to make the final four. Mm. What teams were they? In 2013, Wichita State. Connect, uh, 2014 had a final. Oh, sorry. Wichita State 9 seed, 2013. 2014, it was 7 seed Connecticut, UConn, that won it all against 8 seed Kentucky in the final. Uh, you had Michigan State as a 7 seed in 15. Syracuse as a 10 seed, the first 10 to make the final four in 2016. South Carolina in 2017 as a 7. Loyola Chicago with two Blue Valley Northwest players. You know, shout out skis. Uh, Loyola <laughs> Chicago in 2018. And then Auburn, that 5 seed. Was a was a point seven seconds away from going to the national title game, so uh, you had people all around from five to eleven make it, and then that year that none of them did was when Kentucky beat Kansas uh, in the championship game. But before that, you had that year where VCU as an eleven made it, and Butler as an eight, uh, who was a five the previous year, went back to back runner ups. Right. Um, so what did I say? The last the last uh, seven seven. The last six or seven, well, then last eight out of nine, right? The last nine out of t- eight out of nine have seen someone make it, and a couple had two who fit that uh, outside the four seed make it. So um, we'll see. Did you answer the question? Yeah, I said. Or did I, I just said, talk? I, I, I said. I said. Sarah, oh. I, I really like Syracuse because, like I said, they've done it before. Jim Beheim, experienced coach. Um, they played really well against a tough. Who was it? It wasn't. Was it Virginia they played in the tournament and they lost to on that le- on the on the game winning three on the conference tournament? I believe it was. They lost to a good um Virginia team. I remember. Huh? Virginia did win on a buzzer. I yeah, on a buzzer beater. On a buzzer beater three. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. why I'd say that's why I like I like Syracuse because I think whoever they play, they're gonna they're gonna they're a tough team and they're gonna play them to the end. Um a fun team that I'm curious to watch is Georgetown, uh, with Patrick okay. Ewing at the uh, with Patrick Ewing leading them because we've seen teams before who won the Big East make a run into the national turn make a run in a national tournament. Mm-hmm. Specifically speaking, UConn uh, back mm-hmm. during the Kimba days. Um, so I like I like Syracuse and Georgetown. Those two those two high uh, Georgetown double double seated teams. What's a what's what's your guaranteed? upset in the first round do you have any guaranteed upsets guaranteed upset um well i made two bra oh guaranteed upset winthrop okay winthrop beating villanova um i uh, if it's a gut feeling it's a gut feeling because that's what listen winthrop who have they played i don't know but they've only lost one game this season okay I say this, a team who, who loses one game, a pretty good team, okay? Uh, they haven't really played played real teams, but, um, yeah, their loss was to UNC Asheville by two. Mm. Um, but earlier in the season, did they play anyone? No, they didn't. You're not helping my argument. But uh, um, Me? They're, no, 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 Winthrop. They're 23-1. and one. They're on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, you don't need la- a formal argument. It's a gut. It can no, be a yeah. gut check. Gut feeling. Their, la- their last few games, they've won by a twenty-seven, uh, twenty-one, and twenty-nine. So they're feeling it. They're feeling it in March. They haven't played since March seventh. And Villanova's star point guard, Colin Colin Gillespie, Gillespie, he's mm-hmm. out. Mm. So. 
he was out out for the season. I think after their March third game against Creighton, um, and they lost their they lost two of their next three. Uh, so you know Villanova is um, you know they got the makings for that team to be upset, which is weird because I was saying I don't want to play Villanova in this tournament. I was saying that all year because I hate playing Villanova right. uh, at all because you can never beat them. They haven't beat him probably since the 2008 tournament in the uh, Sweet 16. So, and I remember even then they had lost the last time they had met in the tournament. So, I don't know. Another new blood in well, Villanova. They're they're on the other side of the bracket, and the only way if KU plays them is if both teams make it to the national title. Let's see what happens. Uh, I think... Um, I like yeah. Moorhead State because, you know, there's always one Big 12 team that gets upset in the first round. Uh, we got, like, Baylor and Georgia... Was it Georgia State, Georgia Southern? A few years ago, you had it was Texas. Georgia. It was Georgia State. Georgia State. You had a uh, Texas losing in Nevada, um, one year. So if I had to pick a team in the Big Twelve that's going to get upset, um, because UAB, UAB won that year that Georgia State won. Yeah, there you go. UA, yeah, UAB beat Iowa State. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm going to take Morehead State over West Virginia. Morehead's one of those teams that's wow. had a Cinderella run before. They have. I think that I think the I I, I think that uh, the March March Madness uh, sprinkle will be going over the Moorhead State team. I don't know exactly what I was trying to stay there. The fair, this the upset dust mm-hmm. is going to get spread on the Moorhead State team. If you want a crazy upset, I'll consider that crazy upset because it's fourteen over three. I'll give you another fourteen over three. Okay. Colgate, another team that's lost one game. Brush your teeth. It's Colgate. They're playing <laughs> Arkansas, right? Yep. Um. I don't know. Arkansas lost to Mizzou, so they can lose. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. These one-loss teams are out to show something because people always say they haven't played anyone. They want to say we're just as good as that next guy because we only have lost once. We've only had one bad game. That's what they want to say. So this is their time to prove. 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, whatever seed they are. You know, I feel like they want to be doubted. Uh and they'll show up. Maybe them not playing a good team means they got that opportunity. It's a, a take advantage of the opportunity of a lifetime within the lifetime of the opportunity. We've seen teams take advantage. Now it's those teams' turn. We'll see. It's been a crazy year, crazy year uh, outside of sports and crazy year for college basketball. Um, and maybe those are both, uh, uh, what is it called, understatements or whatever. But yep. um, crazy year, you expect a crazy tournament. So that's why it's exciting. Thursday's that first four. We got Friday. We'll see. We'll see what happens Friday, Saturday, and we'll see if we're going to be happy campers Sunday, Monday. Um, both of our teams are playing. Is Mizzou playing Friday or Saturday? They play Saturday at six twenty against Oklahoma. They have not given me a reason to feel confident in them uh, going into this game. All right, we'll see what happens. If Oklahoma is hot and Brady Meeks playing uh, at his top level, I, I have, I, I'm. My heart's there for Missouri, but my mind just says they haven't shown me anything because they, you know what they don't do? They don't adjust. They don't make any adjustments <laughs> at all. And for some reason, people who shouldn't be shooting threes, I'm not going to say names, still feel like they should shoot a three at the wrong moment. We talked about Armand. This is a selfish team made of selfish Except players. Except for one player. Except for one player, and he was the <laughs> he was the first team All-SEC this year, Damon. And you're saying he's got to be selfish. He's got to be selfish. He has and maybe to. they got to play Brown more. Maybe they got to play Parker Brown more. Probably. Hey, they, both maybe Brown brothers are in see what you can get the, out of him. Uh, Fox Ford, the story on the Brown family. It's going to be a busy weekend for the old Blue Valley Northwest uh, 
players out there. Shocker. I wish them. I wish Christian Parker, right? Parker, you said Parker. Parker, Parker Christian Brown, Parker. Yeah. I hope both of their teams win this weekend. I really okay. hope so. It's going to be a busy see. weekend for the Brown family, though. Yeah, let's um, see Let's see what happens. I do got to say something about you and Mizzou. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember they made the top 10, and that was when KU, I think so. I, that was when KU left the rankings. And me and Terrell are sitting back there, you know, in our usual spots. You're in the kitchen. And you had said something, and you weren't really talking up, but, you know, on Twitter, that athletic director who I think should be at fault a little. Director. It's a guy who works within the communications at in the athletic uh, okay, someone in the athletic department. Sorry, I think its title is assistant athletic director of the one that shouldn't be talking smack. Well, he shouldn't be talking. About, I'm big on the jinx factor. And what did he do? He wanted me to have the jinx factor correct because he kept jinxing, jinxing. But you had finally even said something along the lines of, well, it's funny. I'm in my team's in the top 10 and your guys' teams are out of the rankings. I remember me and Terrell both looked at each other, just made a face. I don't know if he remember. We just made a face. Because I was thinking in my head all this time, they're going to start falling. Something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And I think it was immediately that because that – and I'm not going to blame it on you because that coincided with that guy who couldn't stop getting off his phone, who was part of the athletic department. And I think after that, they went on a two- or three-game losing streak, maybe lost three or four, and left the rankings. Four straight. And Jer- Jeremiah Tillman got hurt and was out for four straight games. And they and, and he also had – you know, that kind of sucked because he also had, you know, a side – Aside, think a family issue, right? Think uh, he had a passing that um, he had to take off for, and yep. he's one of your better players. But um, I bashed Mizzou. I have a uncle. My uncle Matt is a Mizzou fan. Uh, you're my roommate. You're a Mizzou fan, so maybe I got to show a little respect. Um, what does Mizzou need to do to have a? You're right, Raj. I'll, I'll put in my cover letter right now. What does Mizzou need to do to have the biggest upset? In college basketball, one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history, I should say, to not only beat Oklahoma, but beat Gonzaga. What can they do? They need to do what Greece did in the Euro finals <laughs> against Portugal and just play all out defense. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because Gonzaga is Missouri does not do well with keeping up with high scoring teams because they get because, you know, they'll have a great first half and then they'll just shut down scoring in the second so Uh-oh. I don't know what they're going to need to do. They're going to need to keep up with the scoring, which, you know, that's an Armand answer, the obvious. No, that's fine. That's no, fine. They're, yeah. they're, like, that's exactly it. They're going to they're gonna have to play unselfish basketball, in the, and that's one thing that they haven't shown that they can do this year. Now, they could get lucky and force Gonzaga to get in some found trouble. Uh, they could get lucky, and Gonzaga has – half of their team catch COVID. That's the worst case scenario because get this. If you can still field a team of five, you can still play your game in the national tournament. As long as you got five healthy players that can play 40 minutes, your team can stay in it. Doesn't matter so, if they can play 40 minutes. You just need five players. These are 15, 15 roster lineups, just five of them. Yes, exactly. So that's, that's something that Missouri's gonna have to do, but yeah, you're right. They're gonna have to beat uh, Oklahoma first in this one. Um, dang, I was getting ready to end the show, but then Raj just comes in. Um, I haven't even looked at the NIT bracket yet, but I'll let either. you know. We'll be back. We'll, we will have a show on Friday morning uh, before the games start. We're gonna see what times the first games start at. We'll make sure we get Probably a show 11. in beforehand. Yeah, if it's at eleven, maybe we'll do an earlier show at nine a.m., nine thirty show just so we can do a quick 
uh, NCAA tournament one to get ready. Uh, Armand is going to put in his application and cover letter for the KU athletic department. We're going to spam the phone calls right now. Uh, but going back to the Missouri guy, this is a team Jesse Newell show. We defend Jesse on this show. We do not defend the communications department wow. person that is going to get bashed on as soon as Missouri loses to Oklahoma uh, on Saturday I, night. I really think he should have, and it, it's not proven. It's not a fact. It's not even science, but I think he should have a little bit of the blame. I'm not even kidding. No, no. you're Because no. he made it well known. And it was the second time that someone came after G- Jesse. The first time was when Missouri made it into the top 25. And Jesse Wasn't was he the same to- guy who went after Jesse multiple no, times? two different guys. It was two different guys in the department. Um, and then the Bears Why? offered three first rounds and two starters for Russell Wilson. The Bears, uh, Mitch Osterlin, I had asked him about it. He's a friend of the show. Talked to him about the Bears. He's a Bears fan. He said, you know what? No, I didn't want Russell Wilson if it meant trading the future. Because right now, if Matt Nagy is is the head coach of the Bears, then I just want him to keep sucking and just rebuild for the future. And I think that's a spot-on position for the Bears. Do not go out and put all your chips on the Russell Wilson just so you can compete in the division because you still have to go up against the Packers. The NFC is a tough conference. and if you're gonna want, if you're wanting, if you're gonna want to be there in the future, then you better protect it, and that mm-hmm. keep, and that's keeping your first round picks and your starters like Khalil Mack and Kyle Fuller on the defensive side. If you're only a quarterback away, look into this draft. If Mac Jones falls to you, Chicago, get him. Get a young quarterback. Do not rush uh, for the future. And that's me coming off with uh, giving credit to Mitchell on that one because he's the only Bears fan I've seen so far who didn't want Russell Wilson. And that uh, that makes a lot of sense because you see right now, Wilson, he's arguing he doesn't have an offensive line. His receivers outside of DK, well, he's got, he's got good receivers. His defense isn't as dominant as it used to be. Maybe his receivers are good, but, you know, he doesn't have all the things around him. Mitch is right that he comes to Chicago. He's not going to have things around him if they're giving away three first-round picks and two starters. Um, so, you know. Armand. Quick reminder, we're going to end this on a kindness note. Always remember to be kind to your Uber drivers. Did you, did you hear about the girl that had spit on her Uber driver? She even assaulted, and then did you see what Lyft tweeted? Yeah, I heard about that. Lyft even tweeted, because I think she said something, I'm going to drive Lyft now. Lyft tweeted, it wasn't even their issue. They said, listen, we're banning this person from Lyft. It wasn't even our issue, but we can't have that happen in our company. So... It's just bad people, and you're right. Be nice, be kind. Is it really well, that hard? Rumor has it on, and this is just going through Twitter, and and I I gotta look at the. She could be facing up to 20 years in prison for her acts. When the world is not a bad, when the world is not, when the world's a bad place, kind of like the what it is right now, the current world we live in. There's a lot of bad. Do not be a part of that bad. If you can be good to the people who are working during a pandemic, be kind to them. Do not spit on anyone. Do not hit anyone. You know, we do, a, we do a segment on our radio show I work for called What is Wrong With You? And that's a, and, she was, and she was a candidate one, one day on the show. Do not be that person. Just a reminder. Do not be that person. Be a good person. Have, have, a, heart of, have a heart of gold. That's a St. Patrick's Day kind of reference there. Pot, a, pot, a pot of gold. Replace your heart with a pot of gold. Have a rain. See, I don't know, man. I don't even know where I'm going with this right now because I'm just like thinking, why would you spit on someone? 
in general, not even during like what during a pandemic, but why would you just why would you why would you spit on someone who's just working on an Uber driver? Someone, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But anyway, that's coffee's on for today. Happy Wednesday to you guys. Happy St. Patrick's Day uh, to everyone out there. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and your Thursday tomorrow. And we'll be back Friday, whether it's 10 a.m. a.m. We're going to get a show in before the NCAA tournament starts because we know we're going to be spending our day just in front of a TV um, enjoying the first the first uh, first half of games in the round of 64 for the first time Man, when that song comes on Yeah, we got to be here because yeah, it's March, it's March, baby yeah, yeah. Be kind. Be safe if you're doing anything tonight. And uh, we'll see you guys Friday. On Coffee's On. Coffee's On with Marco and Armand. I thought it was Armand and Marco. Oh, no. You like the rhymes. We've been over this. You even said, oh, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. <laughs>